0: y'all what's going on happy hump day and welcome back to the wild soul podcast with your host queen namaste i am literally so excited for this episode today listen you might think that it doesn't necessarily apply to you the story that will be shared today But I can guarantee you that you know someone, love someone, friends of a friend, whatever. You have somebody in your life that has either had cancer, gone through treatment, has been affected by cancer in some way. And when I found out that this woman had breast cancer, I was a little bit in shock. Because here is this amazing... Positive, wonderful woman, mother, a young 31 year old mother, two little boys, yoga instructor, the whole thing. And I'm seeing that she has gotten breast cancer. And you're just like, what? What? So. Yeah, today I am interviewing one of my friends, Kelsey, and if you have not heard her story, you are about to and she is she is such an inspiration and more people need to know her and what she has been up to because oh my gosh, life can kick you down and it and it all depends on what you do when life kicks you down. You can either surrender or you can say, "Heck, no, I'm fighting back and I'm making a difference." In not only my own life, but in other people's lives too. And that's exactly what Kelsey has done. This story is about bravery. It is about courage. It is about love and kindness. Be sure to listen to the very end to follow Kelsey and what she is up to now after everything and how it all went down. So... Yeah, let this also just be a reminder too, like maybe you think it does not apply to you, but we can always prevent stuff like this from happening to us, especially as ladies. And it's just some good tips on what to look for and what to do when or if this ever does happen to you, which I hope it never does. This is like top five, one of my favorite interviews that I have done. So I'm excited for you all to listen in as well, and hear this girl's story. Let's get it. All right. Kelsey! (laughs) Yo! Kelsey's in the house. I'm so excited for this interview because I've been wanting to talk to you for, I feel like, forever.
1: It has been a long time coming. And you finally said, okay, I'm ready. (laughs) You know, I was a little bit busy doing some stuff. Yes. But yeah, I, I think I'm finally feeling confident in what I would say and not have it be like, a chemo-induced dancer or, like, all high on whatever drugs, so... Makes sense. Yeah, Makes sense. I just, I wanted to make sure I was in the right space so that when I actually mm-hmm. talked to you, it was meaningful and intentional, and... Oh, things. Yeah,
0: yeah oh, man. I love Plus, it. with perfect. you
1: leaving, I'm ah. like, gotta get it in before you're gone, right? Oh, yeah, but we could always do it
0: over Skype, but this is way better. True. If we're talking in person. True. Um, alright, so usually how I start these podcasts, um... For those that have no idea who Kelsey is, um, a little elevator pitch, 30 seconds or less. Oh, good lord.
1: (laughs) On who you are. Okay. And go. (laughs) How do you sum it up in 30 It can be longer. Uh, So basically, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 32 years old. Uh, I've got two young boys. And yeah, breast cancer stage three, it was pretty aggressive. So I went through mastectomy, surgery, or sorry, surgery, chemo, radiation, and now I'm on hormone therapy, and uh, throughout everything, I just kind of learned um, about kindness and the power that it's got, and really, that is what got me through everything, and here I am, I guess it's been nine months, I think, and I am finally in remission, Yeah, which, I mean, frick, when I heard those words, I didn't really think that they carried much meaning but holy smokes the first time I said it out loud was like my soul was just like bah! so yeah I'm just trying to spread a message of kindness and and positivity and I'm trying to figure my own shit out at the same time so oh, I just love it that's my pitch <laughs> oh, that was great
0: oh my gosh okay so we'll go into your story but go back I guess a little bit to the beginning of where we um, met each other because mm. I remember meeting you, and I remember I was like, "This girl is so cool. She just had a baby, and she's doing yoga teacher training. I'm literally shit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the
1: hell I was thinking? You're like, pumping and dumping. Oh my like, god. So yeah, Shannon yeah. and I met. What was it? Five, six years ago? It was 2015. Oh god. <sighs> So yeah, (laughs) yoga teacher training Mm -hmm. with Naked Truth, Mm -hmm. and I had had my second son... Like, two weeks before we started teacher Two kid. weeks before? Yeah. I didn't realize it was that soon. Oh. <gasps> yeah. Two weeks! And that was the only reason my first son was a C-section, and my second one, I would not let him be a C-section, because then I was like, I won't be able to do any of the poses, I can't do anything, so that kid was not a C-section. Holy! Um, and yeah, during teacher training, I was, like you said, pumping and dumping, because you can't, uh, <laughs> well, there's an argument that you can't be in the heat with your breast milk and all that stuff, so... It was um an interesting time, but also kind of, I was so busy that it was the only time I knew I could get away from my job and <laughs> get something done for myself, and it was, I think, the catalyst that started me on this different path, um, and just, I knew I wanted more and more and more, and yeah, meeting people like you, I'm like, who doesn't want a lifestyle like this, uh, right?
0: Yeah, that honestly... Doing yoga teacher training definitely changed the course of my life. Right? Yeah. It's so crazy to think. Like, where would
1: you be if we didn't do that? Where do you think? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. Right? Yeah. I, I don't even want to know where I'd be. Same. Probably a lot of angrier. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So yeah. true.
0: So you became a yoga instructor, and we taught at the same studio for a bit. And then what did you do? Because you you left teaching for a bit.
1: Yeah. Um. Which time? <laughs> <So> oh, <laughs> the first time. The first time. Because um, you're at New X <clears throat> with me. Yeah. So I um I also ran a restaurant. And that's kind of been my big girl job for the last 11 years. Family-run restaurant, right? Yeah, family-run restaurant. I was the GM there. And life was just insane. Like, I was working probably 60-hour weeks and wasn't putting my kids to bed at night. I'd, like, see Ryan in passing and be like, hey, what's up? You know, and we wouldn't connect or anything because I was just go, 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 go. And he was go, 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 go. And um, yeah, then I was, started working with a life coach and started, you know, exploring what options were out there and seeing, um, I don't know, just what really fueled me and what I wanted to be doing and what, I don't know, just what, what made my soul happy because I felt empty. Um, you know, like I knew that there was more to life than just this like surviving each day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started to look at career changes and, you know, scaling back and just exploring different options. And throughout all that, uh, I learned through, uh, like a medical exam that I had to go through that I had breast cancer. So totally caught me off guard. I mean, I ate a pretty good diet, I ate a plant-based diet for the most part, mm-hmm. um, I definitely, you know, I drank alcohol, which, I mean, whatever, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love candy. Who doesn't love candy? And chips? <laughs> but other than that, like, I, I took pretty good care of myself. You think being a yoga instructor and doing everything right, you yeah. shouldn't you shouldn't get cancer, especially at 32, right? 32, yeah, that's young. And they, they, like, they don't do ma- mammograms or anything like that um, until you're 40. So it would have gone undetected. Um, but... So- Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what, so when was it when you found out that you had it?
1: Well, I knew something was wrong. When I would teach, I could feel yeah. a pulling sensation in my left pec, Okay. and I thought I was injured at first and I was like, damn, this thing just won't get any better. Mm-hmm. And then, um, my left nipple kind of started to flatten a little bit. I think okay. I even sent you a picture of it, didn't I?
0: Yeah. I think so. Did, yeah. Like
1: well, however long ago. And um, Yeah, because
0: then I was kind of worried. I was like, "What it? You were saying, yeah, your nipples went in. And I'm like, what does it actually look like? Because sometimes I do that. So I was like, oh, paranoid.
1: Well, you don't know, right? Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. no pictures out there. So that's why I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to send you a picture of my nipple. Like, yeah. if, if you're curious, if it'll help answer any questions for you, I'm going to put it out there. Because there was nothing there for me. So, um, yeah, my left nipple kind of started to flatten just a little bit. And so I went into the my doctor, and my doctor was like, "Oh, I feel a lump. It's probably nothing because you're so young, and it moves around and blah blah blah, a lump,
0: like right by your shoulder, up above no, your...
1: it was like three o'clock on my nipple, so if you're looking at my left breast, three o'clock
0: okay
1: yeah, so and and it was huge, like I am so shocked that I didn't realize it, but at the same time, you always think like." Never gonna happen to me. Yeah. I'm so young. I don't even need to check for it. And also for me, I had really lumpy tissue, anyways. So depending mm-hmm. on what time of the month it was or whatever might be going on, it, it would be lumpier or not. Right. So I just didn't really think anything of it. And then I went for my um, ultrasound and mammogram. <laughs> this is a loaded part. It happened to be in the same place where we had found out that. Um, our son wasn't going to make it when I was, remember I was pregnant and, mm-hmm. um, anyways, that's, a, that's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. So, so I was in that same room and I knew after they were doing the ultrasound, uh, that there was something going on because when they keep measuring things, you're like, Oh God. Mm. Right. So I just kind of had that sinking feeling in my stomach and then they were measuring a lot of things in my armpits and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So then I go it's in the same clinic I go for my mammogram and I knew something was going on and so I finish my mammogram and then I go and I sit in the change room and I'm just by myself bawling and the lady comes back and she's like, I need more pictures so I had to get changed again. oh my God and go back and you do your job right God damn. <laughs> well because they obviously found something mm. so. I finished, and she's like, we got what we needed, and she could tell I was so scared, but they're not allowed to say anything right, and she's yeah. like, just keep in mind, we don't know exactly what it is until, until you do a biopsy. And a biopsy so, is when they,
0: like, poke a hole
1: in you, right, and take shit yeah, out of you? Okay. Yeah. So, um, from there, they basically told me to go straight to my family doctor. They were sending the pictures right over, and to call someone who could be there to support me, so... Ryan and I drove right over to like we met at my family doctor and my family doctor was like yep you have breast cancer and we don't know how bad it is but it looks like it's in your lymph nodes and so that's what they were measuring in my armpit Mm. and so basically I started googling things. Mm. (laughs) note to self don't don't fucking google when you just find out you have cancer because I was like oh my god it's in my lymph nodes (gasps) that means I'm dying I'm totally gonna die I've got stage four cancer I you know like your mind goes down that rabbit hole right so that was in August I believe maybe beginning of September that I started to know that something was going on and then there were biopsies um I had to have two biopsies because they missed it on the first one so that kind of again oh my god yay (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so yeah after my biopsy I finally figured out I think it was mid-October that It was stage three. It was not crazy aggressive, but aggressive enough that we needed to get going on things right away. Um, Okay,
0: so for someone that doesn't know anything about cancer, like the stages, mm -hmm. how
1: many stages are there and what they mean? So there's four stages. Um, I don't know... What the lower ones are because I was obviously like yeah <laughs> Masso, yeah. Care. I like, yeah I don't really care about these yeah um but yeah stage three I was bumped up to stage three because of the size of the tumor and because the amount of lymph nodes that were involved so I believe if you if it's under a certain di- diameter and under four lymph nodes that are involved you're two stage two. Mm. But yeah, because I had... So they took out nine lymph nodes and six of mine were positive for cancer. So that put me into a stage three. And then stage four is when it's spread to other organs or, okay. you know, it's it's metastasized. And basically at that point, um, it's more learning to live with cancer rather than, you know, can we cure it? Like rarely it can be cured, but... So, yeah, it was freaking scary, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that was so October 2018. Yeah. Yeah. And then... November, I had a bilateral mastectomy, so I had both breasts totally removed.
0: And why is that? They just recommended it? Or no, what's, the, what's the reasoning for I that? I'm
1: freaking... and I'm an extremist. Like, I'm a go-big-or-go-home kind of person, and <laughs> I have two kids, and I knew that I did not want to do this again, and I did not want to, you know, live in fear if it spreads to my to my right breast, or you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to give myself the best chance to be here in 10 years for my kids that I possibly could. So, you know, they can do nipple-sparing mastectomies where you keep your nipple, or, you know, they can... There's so many options, but for me, I was like, these have fed both my babies. They have done the work that they need to do, and so, I mean... They're trying to kill me. So get rid of them. Right, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, get it off of me. So, yeah, I I chose to have the bilateral mastectomy. I think if I was older and I wasn't as fit, it it might have been a lot harder, but my medical team was like you like you can bounce back from this. It is definitely an extreme surgery, but it's doable. So, uh I also chose to do reconstruction at the same time. So, What that means is that um, the general surgeon came in and did my mastectomy, but then I also had this awesome plastic surgeon come in and put these tissue expanders in under my muscle. And so what we would do is after the surgery, I'd go in weekly, and he'd find there's a little port on them that he would use a magnet to find, and he'd fill them with saline. And so what that would do was create space, so that down the road once i'm done chemo radiation all that stuff um these tissue expanders can come out and an implant can go in and i don't have to basically start from nothing and try and do a whole bunch more surgeries okay so i saved myself a couple of steps but it was a little bit more challenging at the time so yeah cool i mean i, know, I don't right? know You're like, how, how do i swallow all that <laughs>
0: a lot of information oh my gosh okay so i remember that and i just couldn't even like hearing that i couldn't even believe that that fucking happened
1: but you know like, the cool thing that happened with that so right when i was diagnosed i was like oh my god this is like the worst thing that ever happened to me how how the fuck am i gonna get through this right mm-hmm. So, um, I started asking my friends online just to start doing random acts of kindness and to tag me and them with the hashtag kindness cures. And then what I would do is like when I was up late at night being unable to sleep and going down the rabbit hole and just freaking terrified mm. instead of Googling how cancer was going to kill me, I'd watch these moments on repeat of things that people had done that were kind. And it like The fact that this mean, dirty cancer was not getting anything more from me and that it was inspiring all this goodness made my heart just feel so, so good. And then it also gave me this strength that I think really started to fuel my inner fire. And I was like, holy fuck, I can do this. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just saw it start to grow like wildfire. And it, there were people... Who I'd never met in my life who started reaching out to me being like you know I that your story touched me this is what the random act of kindness that I did and it just it really took off and I think that you know even still I have them saved on my on my highlights and I go through them all the time if I'm having you know moments of fear or if I'm scared um I will just look at all the good that has come from this crappy thing mm-hmm. and I remind myself every day that it's a choice. You know what I mean? Like I could I could sit there and I could be pissed off and scared and sad and, oh my God, like why did this happen to me? Or I can say, fuck you. This is like, I'm going to make this the best thing that ever happened to me and and that's what I've been doing every single day since. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. There have been days where I've been curled up on my couch, thinking, like, "Oh my god, I can't do yeah, this." Yeah. Like chemo was so hard. Yeah, um, get into that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like the the fact that I think I knew there was this community behind me and this tribe just rallying behind me made me feel so much more powerful. And I think. I don't even think the people who did the acts of kindness know the effect that it had not only on the person who they were doing the kindness for, but on my life and on my story. It just, it changed the kind of person I am for sure.
0: And I think it honestly speaks volumes to what you were going through and what kind of person you are to do that Mm. and just to give back to other people and then to spread that love when you're going through such a dark time. Mm -hmm. When, like you said, you could have been like fucking, what was me, Debbie Downer? Yeah. But you chose to make it
1: a positive thing, Mm -hmm. which I know a lot of people don't do. But we all have that choice. And, you know, everyone has their cancer. Everyone has their bullshit that they're going through. Like, you've got your bullshit that you're going through right now. You can choose... To be like, oh crap, this is such a shitty situation. Or you can look at it and be like, holy crap, look at the power I have in this situation. Look at what... like I can choose every day what I'm going to fill my day with because my body is healthy, my mind is healthy, and I can do whatever the fuck I want to do, right? Yeah. So you can sit there and feel bad for yourself, or you can just take the total mind shift... And, and own the situation. And nobody's stopping you from doing everything that you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that people just underestimate and they let life happen to them rather than create life. And it sucks that it took something like cancer for me to be like, holy crap, you know? Mm-hmm. And I I almost feel bad for people who don't get that wake up call young in life because they just keep going through the same old routine, routine the same you know, mundane lifestyle. They're not happy. Right. And, and I am happy now. And I think when you chase that for so long, you know, you're looking for external things to make you feel happy. Yeah.
0: It's not going to work. No.
1: And it takes, I don't know. It, it's hard to, to learn, but I don't know, man. So before you got
0: cancer, would you say your life was like, stressful or like all over the
1: place like I I was was a hot ass mess (laughs)
0: okay yeah
1: I mean still some days I'm a hot mess for sure don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. like I still I still lose my mind and I'm still a bitch to Ryan some days like (laughs) he's like what about kindness cures now I'm like not right now (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean so I'm human too I I don't live my life like a saint Mm -hmm. but yeah I am I think I'm just so much more present in what is happening and not reacting to life but creating life, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you you, said you think you were more, like, just reacting before. And oh, And the yeah. answer was,
0: like, oh, hey, bitch, like, wake-up call. Like, oh,
1: my God, God, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, I think you never really appreciate things until you have the, the chance of losing it. Mm. And then, for me, like, the thing that killed me was – the idea of my kids growing up without a mom and Ryan having to do it on his own. Aww. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just, it made my heart ache and just just so much loss and so much sorrow. And so um, I, I knew too that how I dealt with the next eight months of my life or whatever, my kids were going to look at it because they're so young right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what are their ages? Five and... Five and... Well, almost five and almost eight. Eight, yeah. Yeah, so how I dealt with this situation, I think would be fundamental in forming how they're going to deal with future stresses and future, you know, anything that's thrown their way. So um, it's... such a good role model. Well, it's scary (laughs) knowing that you've got two little ones looking up to you and looking to you for guidance when you have no fucking idea what you're doing yourself mm. right like I don't know how to get through this and you know there's have I done a lot wrong I mean probably you know I've lost my shit on my kids and I've been tired and
0: yeah, every mom
1: does so, right? 100% but I think cutting yourself some slack and knowing that we all do mm-hmm. is, we're only human right one person can only do so much. It's true. So I lose it, <laughs> right? So I
0: think yeah. just knowing
1: that they were looking um, to me, um, I wanted to make sure that I came at it from a stance of calmness and intentionality, and and knowing, like, showing them that we can choose how we react to it, right? Yes. So can't control your circumstances, but you can choose what you do in them, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I weird. know. I'm sorry. It's so heavy. Man. No, it's it's not because it
0: has a good ending. <laughs> so okay, so you have cancer, and then you're like, fuck. So my question is, you you go to the doctor, and are they like, we already do chemo right now? Blah blah blah. Like. What was going on in your head? Because you probably had a lot of people coming at you from whichever, oh which way. God. Like, do this. Do
1: that. <laughs> Just eat raw food. Don't do chemo. Like, all oh, this Literally, <laughs> the second you get cancer, everybody gives you a book. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody. And no offense to the people who have given me books. Mm-hmm. But I haven't read them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everyone has an opinion on what you should do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you should cut this out of your diet. You shouldn't do this. You should do that. And... I think that everything has a time and a space and some things are right for some people. So for some people, chemo is not the right choice. That's cool. You know your body, you know what's right for you. Um, for other people, you know, they they're, they really want to go the surgical, chemical, wh- whatever route and that's okay too. It's I think the most important thing when you're going through treatment and when you're creating your treatment plan is knowing that you have choices. And knowing that you're the one who has to deal with them nobody else mm-hmm. so I like I explored not doing chemo and trying to like the whole Chris beats cancer idea um, he says he ate his diet or his cancer away his stage four cancer through a raw vegan diet and that's awesome that worked for him but I wasn't gonna gamble on that I for me for my choices it didn't feel right And there were a lot of people who had a lot to say when I was even looking into it. Like, why would you do that? You're killing yourself. And so then I felt like I had to carry that weight too. So I think freeing yourself of what other people think about what you're doing is just so liberating. Like, you don't have to walk in my footsteps. So you don't get a say Mm -hmm. in how I am choosing to deal with this. 100%. You You can voice your opinion. And if I feel like listening that day I might but I probably won't yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean so so you appreciate that people have an opinion but I think everyone is so quick to say you should do this you should do that when the, they're not the ones who have to deal with the consequences mm. so just because I went the chemo surgery route does not mean that that's what is best for everyone and I I wouldn't recommend it for everyone you know what I mean like I think if I had done the surgery that I did and I hadn't been in the shape I was in Mm. I think that recovery would have been a major challenge like you can't use your arms like I couldn't brush my teeth I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself like I you literally can't even get out of bed it just destroys your body that much well because you're when they cut all of your chest muscles so you, like, literally can't do any of the pushing action. You have no strength. You have nothing. So it was like that for, I want to say, like, really rough for, like, three weeks. And then eight weeks was when I was, like, I could get myself out of bed again. And But if I didn't have that core strength to be able to sit up and do that kind of stuff, I couldn't imagine doing that surgery. Right. Like, it was rough, man. Mm-hmm. So wow. I don't know. Did you ever feel...
0: Um, I was asking this for my curiosity. Sure. Did you ever feel,
1: uh, like bullied into doing chemo or like fear mongered? into did chemo? I no? didn't know. Um, I, so I chose my oncologist and I chose my oncologist because she used to be a naturopath. So she, w- she took a very holistic approach. And first I, I was introduced to an oncologist who I had asked, um, if it mattered what I ate when I was doing chemo and stuff Uh like that. And he said, no. (laughs) And so I was like, Oh, well that doesn't resonate with me at all because I'm pretty like the way I feel Mm -hmm. is that what I put into my body has a major effect on
0: what my body does.
1: That's just my feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, So as soon as he said that, I was like, Oh, well I'm never going to see you again. (laughs) (laughs) And then so I found my current oncologist and you know, she she's really into Chinese medicine and making sure that you, she, she just takes way more of a holistic approach, That's good. um, and throws a little bit of chemo in there. <laughs> so, um, and, and she was also with me in, um, choosing a more aggressive route. So, um, the type of chemo that I did, uh, there was two different types and the first one was extremely aggressive Um, it's called AC or the red devil for short, because I know it's like a bright red color and, um, yeah, it scared the shit out of me. Like when you see this, this chemical being injected into you, you're like, oh my God, I feel like a science experiment gone wrong. Oh my gosh, I
0: couldn't even imagine. Just so terrifying. Yeah.
1: But I tried to, again, like shifting perspective, I was like, oh my God, I'm so scared here, but I didn't want to be scared. So I, instead I... Shifted it to thinking like, this is my army. Like this red, we we called it my red soldier, um, because yeah, it went to work for me and it kicked the shit out of the cancer. So even just like that little perspective change, rather than being terrified and feeling like a victim, right. I was like, fuck yeah, wow. I feel so strong and so empowered. Right. Good for
0: you. So yeah, for those because I didn't really know what chemo looked like or anything like that. So when I was watching your stories, I was like, oh, that's how it goes, because when I thought of chemo and radiation. I thought you were in like this big machine and like. I know you have no idea, right? right? You don't know what it is. So chemo is just like an IV, basically, right? You sit down and you
1: have this IV go into you for how long? It totally depends on the type of chemo, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an IV. Um, I had what's called a PIC line, so I had a, a line put into one of the veins in my upper arm. Okay, and that stayed there permanently. Um, like all day all night all day all night and it had like I have a picture of it posted on there too um but you would have to go for dressing changes and it couldn't get wet and it was what the fuck yeah oh my god it couldn't get wet how do you shower I mean with a plastic (laughs) bag on your arm Mm. and so that was really fun and then you can't like you can't lift anything with that arm because it can come out and it was just like it was annoying mm. um but some people love their pick lines because then you don't have to get poked and prodded and all that okay. stuff so how long did you have that in there for? so i had that in for my first four treatments because that type of chemo is really corrosive to your veins and they don't want to have it go in your lower veins because if it if it comes out of the vein it can do damage to your skin um so um, I did it for the first four and then I switched to a different type of chemo because I had finished that regime that was less corrosive. And so um, as soon as I finished that, that last one of the aggressive type, I had the pick line pulled out because I was like, this thing sucks. I hate it. So then I did the rest intravenously. So through an IV.
0: And how long was that
1: that you had to sit there? Because you go to the hospital and get it done? Yep, yep. So I would... For one of them, it was like three and a half hours.
0: Three hours? Yeah, man. <laughs>
1: Wow. And then the other one was... I think it was only an hour and a half. But I also did cold capping.
0: Yeah, because... Yeah, when you think about people doing chemo, they're bald and they lose their hair, but your hair is beautiful. You have so much of it. It's, yeah, it's coming. It's yeah. coming
1: along. Yeah. Um, so the cold capping is, I'm so shocked that more people don't know about it. Um, and I think a lot of oncologists thought that it didn't work. Mm. Um, mine was like that. And when I mentioned that I wanted to do it, she was like, what the heck are you doing? It's not going to work, but you can try it. The natural bath lady. Yeah. So um basically what it is there are these ice caps that you rotate through and you wear it an hour before chemo all the way through chemo and then five, I wore it for five hours after chemo and you have to switch it out every 30 minutes to make sure your scalp stays at minus 38 degrees so it's freaking freezing on your head. so do you have a headache? Oh, a headache frost like I got frostbite <gasps> my first time because I didn't cover, proper properly cover my forehead. <gasps> So, so it hurts. Then. I mean, it's, it's not like you're sitting on a beach in Mexico. Right. right but like a
0: 30, negative 38. Yeah.
1: So wouldn't that like just make your whole body cold? Oh, yeah. And, and I was getting chemo in December too. So I was just like permanently frozen. Oh, my goodness. Um, but the idea is that it freezes your hair follicles. So the chemo drugs don't penetrate the hair follicle. And hopefully it preserves your hair. So with the type of chemo that I did first, the AC, it should have knocked all of my hair out day 17. (gasps) Like I should have been completely, completely bald. Yeah. And I, I know, isn't that (laughs) insane? That's so awesome! I know. But don't get get me wrong, like I lost a shit ton of hair. Like I lost 60% of my hair. Really? You can see it's all starting to grow back here.
0: But... Oh, okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, like... but it's you do open. have hair on the top of your oh, head. Yeah. like, like wouldn't you wouldn't know, know unless I told you. But I also used to have so much hair, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. I'm happy I have hair at all. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, so I, I managed to keep about 60% of my hair. And I cannot tell you what that did for my mental well-being while I was going through treatment. Because I think when you go through cancer, you feel like you have no control. You know, your body, you're kind of, like, given up to everyone else. And everyone's, like, poking you, doing this, doing that, doing this test, doing that test. And you have zero control. And for me, the fact that I could tell who I was sick and who I wasn't sick to. Like, if you saw me, you saw me tons during chemo. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't know I had cancer. Nope. You would have no freaking clue. Nope, you did not look sick. Right? And Mm -hmm. the sense of control and power that that gave me was, like... Mm. Oh my god and i think when you look in the mirror too and you don't look sick it's easier to go about your day and try and accomplish things still and and so it just it really made me feel so much more powerful and so much more strong throughout the whole process um so yeah after that my oncologist recommended Mm -hmm. it to another girl and i got to cold cap another girl um so My goal is just to try and spread awareness about that, that it's an option for women. How'd you find out about that? Instagram. Really? (laughs) I love Instagram. Right? (laughs) Oh my God, it's my favorite thing ever, but nobody freaking talks about it. Huh. So um, there's more and more women in BC doing it. I think now from women that I've personally been in contact at, I think we're at six or seven um, through BC Cancer Agency who've been doing it. And it has been, I don't want to jinx us, but it has been successful for every woman. Oh my gosh, amazing. Right? So, Oh, that's so great.
0: Does, does yeah. someone like make it here in no, Canada? Or is it...
1: No. Where does, who came up oh with this idea? Oh my gosh, it's such a pain to get. So oh. I bought mine out of the States. It is so expensive. It's like $2,000 U.S., Oh. Um And so what I've been doing is just renting it out to women here because I have the system now, right? So right. um And the only reason that I've been renting it is because I have to replace the caps. Like they'll start to leak and start to break down. So I still have to replace the caps every maybe seven treatments or so. So just to cover the cost of that. But my goal is to make it as cheap as possible for women oh, to try and keep their hair and to look good and to feel strong during treatment and to know that, you know, you can keep working or you can not work, but you can choose what you do, right? Wow. So that's kind of my goal with that. I don't know.
0: Oh, I know, that's so great. I don't know where I'm
1: going with it oh again. Like, Maybe to... you could just even make them too. Oh.
0: Maybe not. Maybe that seems like a lot of work. But I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's so great that you don't think... Yeah, you make it as cheap as possible because you yeah, $2,000 U.S. is a lot of money. Yeah. Especially if you are in chemo or have well, cancer and then you're not working. working. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So did Ryan, Ryan quit working while you were going through no, this? No.
1: So he's a teacher... So he still did everything, and um, he's also, he has like a hockey school, so he was, he he worked, (laughs) (laughs) he worked tons during um, treatment just to make sure that, you know, we could still do the things that we want to do. Um, So I had a lot of help from my mom and from my mother-in-law, and my oldest son actually really stepped up to the plate. Like in the mornings, at seven years old, he would make breakfast for both kids, so that I could sleep after chemo oh my and God. Like he'd wake me up when it was time to go to school and I'd walk him to school and you know like he, he grew up so fast but also I was so proud that he was able to do that and it made such a difference that I could you know it doesn't seem like a big deal getting an extra hour of sleep or whatever but when you're going through chemo and you have no energy. It was like he was a godsend. Aww, you know?
0: What a little angel. I know. And I think he has no
1: idea how much it helped. He just that's just who he is. So Oh,
0: I can see yeah. a good kid. I know. He is. <laughs> they're both
1: they're both so good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So then after chemo, um I had a couple of weeks off and kind of recovered and gathered some strength and I don't know, it was like you kind of feel like a shell after chemo because you're just you're wiped out. Like I lost my eyebrows, my eyelashes. Obviously those still go. Mm-hmm. Um, you lost and,
0: all your eyelashes? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, and all my eyebrows. But your eyebrows look great. Oh they're microbladed. Uh-
0: <laughs>
1: like the best thing I did. Did you have them the microbladed before? Hell yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. And thank God I did because otherwise like, oh man, I, I would have looked rough for sure. <laughs> But yeah, um, then I did my I did five weeks of radiation, and so what is that in is, a machine? That's in a machine. So you lay on a bed and, and then zoom you into that little hole. Not it. It goes around you, so it's like this big. Oh, it looks like a spaceship that just kind of like an X-ray machine. Okay, and it it goes around you. So um, every day, five days a week for five weeks, I would go to Abbotsford Hospital. Me and my youngest Holden would um, drive out there and you'd go and the, the treatment itself didn't hurt. Like it literally feels like nothing. Right. Um, but then your skin would start to burn and then it would get worse and worse and worse. It's like a sunburn. It felt like a sunburn. Yeah. yeah. (gasps) So I, after the five weeks I thought I like, I was like, Oh my gosh, my skin's not that bad. But then you continue to burn for up to 10 days after. So, by the, by the end of it, my skin was super burnt and was, like, peeling off and, like, black in spots. Black? Yeah. Huh? Like, it was – it did not feel good. But at the same time, it, I think you learn that nothing's permanent. So, right. I knew it wasn't going to last forever. So, yeah, it sucked. But, oh, I mean, once right. my body – once I turned that corner and my body started to heal – It blew my mind at at how much your body is built to fix itself like my skin started regenerating and you know it like it just wanted to heal so um yeah i would say i was probably feeling back to myself ish like five weeks after radiation but the thing that kind of shocked me was how much it zapped my energy Mm -hmm. you think Uh, people complain about being tired or whatever I'm like I got this I won't be tired after radiation those women are they're just like they're complaining too much yeah and I was done I was really so the most tired I've ever been in my entire life just wanted to sleep yeah like my body had no energy and even still here we are like I don't even know how many months out and I still if I push myself too hard will will hit that wall where I'm like oh definitely did too much and then I'm out for like two days and I I just all I want to do is sleep so I think it's been really humbling learning that balance of you know I feel like I've wasted eight months not doing anything and you know I had all these things that I wanted to accomplish and then also listening to my body and being like okay you don't have to do it all today it will still be there tomorrow Um, and just yeah, just really actually listening to my body, you know, because as yoga instructors, we we teach people to listen to their bodies. And then I'm sitting there, I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm totally not listening to my body whatsoever. Right. Yeah. So just learning that and, and creating life after cancer, I think is, um, something that I'm learning, uh, how to navigate daily because you know, it's, you're scared that it might come back, and you know you still have tons of follow-up exams, and it never really goes away. Um,
0: yeah, it's always kind of
1: lingering in the
0: shadows. Yeah, yeah. What if? So, like, what if? Like, yeah, what if it comes back?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you did radiation, and then, and then once you're done
1: radiation, then what happens? So for me, because of the type of chemo or the type of cancer that I had. I'm going to be on hormone therapy for the next 10 years. So yeah, what is What is that? <laughs> what is hormone therapy? So I get an injection every three months that suppresses my ovaries. So it puts me, I'm in menopause right now. 30, what? Yep. 33 and in menopause. Let me just tell you that having no periods is awesome. <laughs> but having hot flashes I could do without. Right. So I, I get hot flashes. I probably get like eight a day where all of a sudden I'm just like soaked and hot and like, oh, it's the weirdest thing ever. But at the end of the day, I keep reminding myself that because of these, it's making me have the best chance to survive, right? And then I also take a pill every night before I go to bed. And it's funny because I, I see a lot of women or I talk to a lot of women who are pissed off that they have to take this pill every day. And I'm like, why the hell are you mad that you get to take a pill that keeps your cancer away? Like, how lucky are we that we can? There's some women who have a type of cancer that you can't and you, like, once you're done your radiation, you just sit back and you hope. But the type mm-hmm. of cancer that we have, we get to take a pill that keep, it, it keeps our estrogen away and, it, like, it, it really, really keeps your chances up. Hmm. So, yeah, for me, next five to 10, to ten years, that's kind of the... Well, what happens after 10 years? I mean, like, they they say that if you make it to five years without your cancer coming back, that the chance of it coming back are pretty much slim to none. So then you can just stop taking it? Yeah. But because I was so young when um, when I was diagnosed, that's why the whole five to maybe 10 years thing is... Like, they aren't sure. So... Okay. We'll see. I hope... I just, I I just hope I make it to one year, two years, three years, you know what I mean? Like every, I I think when you look at the big picture, it can be very overwhelming. Um, So for me, I I try to just break things down and, you know, I'm looking forward to April 11th. I'm going to celebrate that day as one year. Um, So April 11th is when you stopped radiation? That's my first day of hormone therapy. Okay. Yeah. So, but that will that will be my official date. So uh-huh. I know.
0: <laughs> so they said like when you started doing hormones, they're like, "Hey, yeah, you don't have cancer
1: right now. Like it's all
0: gone, and now I'll just do this to keep it away." Is um, how-
1: they never really like tell you if your cancer is gone or not. Um, what? <laughs> it's it's so strange. Um, for me, I've got a CT scan coming up in September. And that will be my first scan since finding that I had cancer. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: Um, They want to try and limit the amount of radiation that you're exposed to. And also, it raises your cortisol levels quite a bit when you're getting scanned all the time because you're always so nervous about the results. Mm -hmm. So the newer school of thought is to not scan you as often. And if there are reasons to scan, then they'll scan you. So for me, if I found another lump or if I was having symptoms symptoms of something, they would scan me sooner. Um, so yeah, I'm just hoping, like, I'm, I'm looking forward to and also dreading that scan at the same time. Yeah. Because you know how quickly everything can change, right? So I'm just trying to really enjoy this summer and you know, say yes to as many crazy things as I can, um, because I know that tomorrow it could all change, right? It could all it could all be taken away from me in a moment. Mm. It it could yeah, all be true. taken away from you in a moment. So true, right? We just
0: take life for granted. hundred percent. think that we'll, we'll be here tomorrow, and we might not
1: be. Mhm. And so time. every night before I go to bed, I just try and think like, if today was my last day, would I be proud of of how it was? Mm. And Some, like, don't get me wrong. Some days the answer is like, probably could have done a little bit better today. (laughs) But instead of looking at myself being pissed off of like, oh, you, you know, you should have eaten this or done this with the kids, you know, instead I look at it and I try and build tomorrow better, um, rather than give myself shit for today. So, um... Yeah, like, I I try and set goals for myself, and I try, like, we've got a family bucket list of things that we want to try and accomplish in the summer, and, you know, just stuff to try and keep things positive and try and keep momentum going forward, and,
0: yeah. Exactly. I mean, what else else can you do, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Think of the positives. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to ask you something. So, yeah. (laughs) So, you're, they would say that you're in remission. I am.
1: You're in remission. I'm in remission. Yay! Okay, it's awesome. Yeah, oh god, that word just has like so much weight to it. You know, like you don't want to jinx yourself and don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but today I am in remission. Hell yeah! High five, sister! So I will take it and I, um... Yeah, it's it's kind of the thing where you just, you got to take it one day at a time, and... I feel like the sun just got brighter on your it face. It literally just <laughs> did. <laughs> That's so <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, I, I feel, I finally feel like I'm myself again. Mm-hmm. And not my old self, but my new self. And I think that I've spent a lot of time really, really focusing on getting my inner fire going again. Because everything i think tried to put it out and it took so much energy and i was you know trying to still be a mom and still be a wife and give light to other people when literally like i had nothing left inside of me i was like it was just dark and so putting things in place that helped me fuel that fire i think are going to be critical to my health moving forward and before i think i wouldn't be so like, you can call it selfish, but I, I would put myself last because I'd be like, oh, I gotta do this, gotta do this, gotta do this. Well, newsflash, like, if I get cancer again, if it comes back, I, I can't do any of that shit for anybody. Mm-hmm. So, I gotta make sure I'm looking after myself first so that I'm still here. So, for me, like, I I try to do 30, day, or 30 minutes every day of intentional relaxation, like, where I just chill out. I don't have my phone on. I don't... Have kids screaming at me or anything and just that solitude that quiet for me it really really helps fuel me I try and make sure that I get enough sleep Um, you know cutting back on screen time and shit that just isn't important um, I think are all things that are really really important to your well-being because so often you know we want to we want to be a light for other people and we want to shine for other people but you cannot do that if your inner fire is not bright,
0: mm-hmm. you know so yeah if your cup is empty hundred like, percent that's a cancer or not that's such a good way to look at life like help yourself first before you help others mm-hmm. and make sure you are
1: full mm-hmm. or else you won't be able to give like and 100%. it's hard to do though oh yeah you know? like if you, you you do feel selfish you do feel guilty and that's why I said you've got to let go of that guilt because it is not doing you any good. It is not helping anybody. It's hindering everything, right? Yeah, so true, just true. shedding that guilt um I think is it's just so freeing and and it gives you like you can almost give yourself permission to look after yourself, right? And I don't know, especially for someone like you, you're young, you're healthy. You I think don't don't wait for something shitty to happen to you to start really looking after yourself and being intentional with your time and what you choose to put your effort into Mm -hmm. do it now look at my experience and just just learn from it right
0: yeah (laughs) i don't know i know that's heavy yeah no but for sure um i have i will and you're so inspiring to me like honestly
1: you are you have no idea Well, it goes both ways. I always, when I was um, like sick and laying in bed, I'd always look at your posts and live vicariously through you. I'd be like, oh my gosh, so much light, so much love. And yeah, like I I just love how how crazy you are, how, (laughs) how free you are, you know? I love that you chase your dreams and even this podcast, like good for you for stepping out and for having the courage to do something that fuels your soul and that makes you happy. And that spreads light for other people. Yeah,
0: that's all it's about. It's wanting to spread it, spread it around, right? And people are like, do you get paid for it? I'm like, nope. (laughs) I mean, not yet. Yeah.
1: Right? But you know what I mean? But when the intentions are true behind it, that is when it's the most magical. Yeah. Right? Like, the second you start doing it for someone else is when the specialness is gone. True. Right? But yeah, like some of your interviews I listen to just make me freaking laugh, right? <laughs> so the fact that you're sharing that, don't stop. Like I I oh, love what you're doing. And, you
0: too. I love what you're doing uh, and don't stop. You had to continue this kindness course because it's literally amazing and it is life changing.
1: Thank you. It uh, is. That means so much. You know, I think it's easy to be insecure in what you're doing and not knowing where it's going to lead. And some days you just have to have faith and keep going one day at a time and and then all of a sudden you look back and you're like holy shit like i beat cancer or i accomplished this like you look back and you've climbed the mountain it's so fucked up just (laughs) by you know one day at a time one day at a time taking constant steps it's crazy what you can accomplish yep yeah,
0: That's <laughs> it. That's all I got. <laughs> I was going to ask you one more thing. So like sure. now that like you're um in remission, like mm-hmm. what is life for you now? Like are you back to work? Did you change your diet? What's next for you?
1: Oh God. I knew <laughs> the, the answers. answers. No, um, <laughs> It's funny you ask. Like I, I've got um a lot of random little things that I've kind of started to do and that I'm working on. Um, probably the thing that I'm the most passionate about right now is I'm writing a course for women who are going through cancer. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. Because I just, I was so scared and so Mm -hmm. alone and I couldn't find any resources out there. Like I wanted to see what are, what are my boobs going to look like after a mastectomy and you cannot find anything out there because they're all just medical diagrams. Like, no, I want to know from another woman what what's it gonna look like, or what's it gonna feel like? So um, I've been working on this course, uh, and I'm hoping to have it out beginning of October. Like an online course. An online course, yes. yes. And yes, queen, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's fun. I feel kind of a bit like a mad scientist when I'm working on it because I'm like, I can't stop. I can't stop because there's just so much, so much goodness in it. And really, it's just the same idea. I hope to just give women hope and inspiration and let them know that they're not alone and that they can choose to make this diagnosis the best thing that ever happened to them mm. and like literally i people ask me oh like would you change it and i if i had the choice of going back and not going through any of this cancer or anything or living my old life. Like I, I would hundred percent choose cancer every time. And I know how, like, trust me, I get that sounds super fucked up <laughs> that, that I would choose to have cancer, but it has changed my life in all the best ways because I let it. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I got out of my way and I just like, I would never have created this course. I would never have learned the lessons that I'm learning. So, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what the future holds, but it's, it is where my soul is feeling pulled and I hope that it can help other women who, you know, were up at four o'clock in the morning not being able to sleep because they were so scared that, and if I can do that for one woman, then literally that is all I wanted to do. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is so cool, Kelsey. (laughs) You will... You will change lives.
0: I hope. You I will. Hope. And you will help people. And that, like I said, that's right. That's what it's about. Bring mm-hmm. it forward. Helping another person. Like, you've conquered this. Mm-hmm. Go back and help others do
1: the same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, f- I just feel lucky to have um, the opportunity to be able to. Because it could have gone the other way. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, the fact that... oh oh Tears are coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact that I got the chance. I feel like I don't want to waste it for other people. So... Sorry. <laughs> and I hate emotions. I hate feelings. Shut up. They're awesome. Oh, God. Get lost. Um, but yeah, I just... I truly just want to make life better for other women who are terrified. Because it, it's going to be okay. You know? So that's all I got. I'll keep you... Obviously, I'll keep you posted on, on like how things go with it mm-hmm. and that. But yeah, I just... I, I think I'm going to be heavy into um just the breast cancer world and obviously continuing my practice I'd like to um I'd like to work with some amazing instructors that I met at Wonderlust in Whistler and yeah I just I think just continuing to explore life and figure out what it's all about and be happy and live, live every day as much as I can and just like soak it all in while I'm still here because I don't know how long I've got. Oh so. my gosh. Yeah.
0: Kelsey. Where can people find you and stalk you and all that shit? Oh plug yourself. God.
1: Shameless plug. I hate plugs. <laughs> I hate them. I'm on Instagram. What's your Instagram find handle? Find me on Instagram. What's about? your Instagram Ugh. handle? At vibrant.yogi. And so. Don't you have a website or a blog now? I do. I do. Yeah? But they can go find uh, <laughs> I, I'm not about, I don't know I feel so weird <laughs> yeah line. but you're gonna have to do that with your course I will when it's ready when it's ready I'm so I excited I will so. share the
0: fuck out of that shit thank you cool. I really appreciate I it I appreciate Sean. you I'm so happy we got to have this conversation oh, in this
1: light I know right yeah, sun, is. sun is shining it's uh, perfect love you sister okay. thanks baby namaste namaste